The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. I am Emily Swallow, also known as the Armorer on The Mandalorian. And I'm just giving a little shout out to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast because this is the way. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hi, I'm Andrew Hermes, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away. From movies to books to TV shows and more, we're looking at the deeper themes and meanings found in Star Wars. Today, we'll be discussing the long-awaited series, Andor. We'll be discussing the first three episodes, since we... Uh, since they graciously gave us three episodes uh, in its first week. Um, and so we'll have plenty to talk about. And we'll be talking with uh, two of our newest panelists here on the Secrets of Star Wars. Uh, we have first Robert King. Welcome to uh, welcome to the panel. Thanks. Good to be here. And uh, we got Brandon Manderson. What's up, Brandon? Oh, hey there. Hey, how's it going? Excited to be here. I'm excited as well. Uh me and Brandon, we go way back. Uh, we, we've uh, we've both. Uh, he he's a former colleague at Catholic Answers, uh, where I currently work, and we still do a lot of work together. We're both mm-hmm. filmmakers, so uh, and we both live in San Diego, uh, and we're good friends now. So we we get a chance to uh, to hang out and work work with each other. We play on the same softball team. Yep, it's the first we get to record each other talking about Star Wars now. Yeah, nah, yeah. This Instead is another thing to add to the list. In the office. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is it? Yeah, Brandon is definitely a natural fit because that's basically all. You know, most of our conversations revolve around Star Wars and what we like and what we don't like and what we wish would happen. So, um, I think Brandon will fit right in. And Robert, this is our first time meeting each other and and uh, recording with each other on Secrets of Star Wars. So, uh, welcome again to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so just briefly, guys, before we get into Andor, I know we have a lot to cover. Um, maybe just tell me a little bit about your uh, history with Star Wars um, and how you became big fans. Maybe what's the first Star Wars movie you watch? What got you into the fandom? Um, Brandon, we'll, we'll start with you. OK, so my first Star Wars movie I watched was episode one and uh, <laughs> I watched it as a as a kid. And then I remember my uh, my dad. uh coming home one day and bringing me a VHS box set, which I still have of uh, the original trilogy. And I was like, there's more. And I was like freaking out. And then uh, <laughs> from then on, I, um, I, you know, I, I fell in love with star Wars. I even went to a, a, a press screening of the, um, of uh, the clone wars uh, movie uh, here in San oh. Diego. And I, I, oh, I remember, sorry about like, that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the Clone Wars. I watched it. Uh, that's uh, probably some of my favorite Star Wars content, along with Rebels and um, 
and all of it. And I just think that it's, it's such a fun universe. And I just, yeah, got tons of paraphernalia and all that kind of stuff. So it's fun. I love it. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Phantom Menace was, wasn't the first Star Wars movie I watched, but it was the first one I saw in theaters. So it had a, had a profound effect on me. Um, Robert, how about you? Oh, I guess I'm the old man here. I, uh, (laughs) yeah. One of my earliest memories is seeing Star Wars when it was just Star Wars, uh, in the theater 77. And, um, yeah, you would almost say it was my first faith and my first heartbreak. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I never believed in Santa, but I always believed in the Jedi and I was crushed when I discovered I would never be one. So, Mm um, yeah, I, I also love Rebels. Um, Rebels is oh yeah up there among mm-hmm. my favorite Star Wars. I've uh, watched pretty much everything that's come out, but uh, yeah, the original trilogy and uh, Rebels those are those are kind of the heart of of what I love about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yes, we love Rebels on the show. I mean, we've we've covered it, and uh, yeah, the animated series are 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 really just as important as as the movies and the shows and and the the fandom i think uh relies heavily on those animated series and we're seeing it more and more be incorporated into the the live action series obviously in mandalorian and uh and and a little bit in book of boba fett um and there's plenty more that they have planned so yes definitely big fans of rebels and clone wars here um very good. So we'll just we'll just get started. Uh, we'll, we'll we got three episodes to cover in, in one podcast episode. Um, that won't usually be the case because uh, after this, uh, starting next week, we'll we'll get one episode a week. Um, so episode one, uh, we uh, immediately get reacquainted with uh, Cassie Andor, who we met in Rogue One, uh, and. Uh, we see him walking down a, a dreary causeway, uh, making his way into the leisure zone on Morlana one. Okay. He mm-hmm. enters a brothel. All right. So right away <laughs> and they specifically, you know, uh, l- uh, later on, I think after the scene, uh, you know, one of the officers, uh, specifically says that this place that they were in is a brothel. So that's probably the first time almost assuredly the first time that we've heard the word brothel uh, being used or a brothel being a setting for a Star Wars uh, show ever. Um, usually Star Wars, even though it can have very mature themes, um, it can sometimes, you know, have, you know, and in, in, in action scenes, especially like uh, if you think of uh, Revenge of the Sith, um, where they've taken some liberties with their PG-13 rating, um, you know, but there's still not a lot of, we don't see a lot of, like, things in, that are suggestive in, in sexual nature. Maybe a little suggestive, but something that's just in your face and literal and using a word like brothel. Um, it's something I wanted to point yeah, out. Yeah, not in the shows or movies. Yeah, never, right? So Yeah. yeah. 
we're entering a little new, new territory here. And, and I think uh, it's probably intentional by the creators. It's like, okay, here we are. This is, you're seeing a, a side of the galaxy that we've never seen before. Um, and we're going to get into these like rough and gritty um, and sometimes, you know, very adult in nature type of settings. So uh, just want to get your, your thoughts on, on that and, and seeing Star Wars, uh, you know, try out, try themselves, uh, try going into settings like these. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've played some of the Star Wars games, um, especially the, the, uh, MO, the, um, old Republic, Mm -hmm. and they definitely have some, uh, brothel like settings in the games. Um, but yeah, in the shows and the movies, they, they always try to keep it family friendly. Um, or, uh, yeah, in that direction anyway. That said, I mean, I've always loved that 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 Star Wars has, I guess, what I would call mature themes without touching on those mature subject matters. Um, I mean, mature is kind of a weird word for it because, you know, who are the people who are most interested in? <laughs> sex and violence and that sort of thing it's it's teenagers right it's adolescents but we call it adult or mature Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that it has a uh it definitely adds uh it definitely adds that more you know we we call it more adult and more mature but i think it yeah like star wars is just we we've known it like through like this kid uh friendly thing i think i saw somebody uh somewhere say that like Star Wars was originally George Lucas's attempt at, um, you know, making something more, uh, like family friendly in the, in the seventies, cause they were kind of pushing the, pushing the boundaries. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I'm, initially I was like, oh, this is, this is a lot, this is, this feels different. Um, at first, just, just this opening scene, I was like watching it. I was like, is that what they, I think it is? Are they going to do some like kind of twist where it's, that's not what it is. It's going to be somebody's garage and they're like selling something like, I don't know. They're selling blue milk or something in there, but uh, no blue milk <laughs> in that place. It's uh yep. That's not what it's there. That's not what that place is for. So um, I, uh, I, yeah, my initial thoughts were like, well, okay, okay. That's where the show's going. I heard the show was going to be different than other star Wars stuff. So um, than other star Wars shows, but uh, you're right. This is something that has been present in. This is something that has been present in other Star Wars materials. Um, uh, so it's a, uh, it's interesting to see in the the opening episode. Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with it. You know, as far as like, 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 you, like we've mentioned, it's Star Wars is this is sort of its first time, uh, really being uh, up upfront about, uh a setting like a brothel um and uh instead of being you know suggestive or um you know allowing the audience just to read between the lines um and because you know it it establishes uh the the not not just the setting of the show but the the tone and um you know it did it, the fact that it's a brothel does is not really the the point it's it could have been mm. you know 
any sort any sort of thing that that would uh convey that this is a more we're we're seeing the CD side this mm-hmm. more like it, it's kind of like it's not as uh I again lack for lack of a better word mature as like Blade Runner mm-hmm. but it kind of mm-hmm. has a Blade Runner feel like even the yeah. cinematography especially in that first scene when he was running in the rain and yep. uh and his, and, and the the night that scenes that was beautiful yeah, yeah it's, it's exactly it's a stunning show like just just from a aesthetic point of view and mm-hmm. um yeah th- I'm i think not it was sure good that they stopped right choice, away though i don't think it's arbitrary like, either yeah I, I think it's intentional yeah mm-hmm. because he's going there to look for his sister right mm-hmm. and yeah. it's it's kind of a cliche but you know he's He's searching for his sister in the place where she has fallen the lowest or, or mm-hmm. he suspects that she has. And, um, it's, I don't know. It's kind of a, I'm not sure if it's a, a point of connection between the galaxy far, far away and our own, or if it's lazy writing, I'm not sure, but it's, you know, in our own world, this is what happens to, especially to young women who are, um, you know, disadvantaged in a lot of ways. They can get easily sucked into the sex work industry and taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And now it's happening in Star Wars. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. Um, yeah, it's again, it it serves the story, it serves the plot, so. Uh, when, whenever any, anything I'm watching, if it can do that and not just have things that are just arbitrary or adult in nature, just for the sake of, you know, being risque or, you know, trying to push boundaries, then, then I think it's, it's a good thing, you know, as long as it serves a story. Um, so let's get back on track. So he's, um, he's at this, uh, He's at this bar, um, and that's in this brothel. And he's uh, he's approached by a female hostess, um, and then two security inspection team guards uh, that we meet: Verlo Skiff and Kravas Drezer. The names in the show. I mean, very <laughs> Star Wars. So they're. Boy, they're, I'm glad you've got those names. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, uh, <laughs> I had to, I had to, I had to get all this information down. Uh, this is not from memory. Uh, they take umbrage at the sight of Andor being served first, despite their longer wait. So the hostess tells them to behave. Uh, but the older of the two guards, Drezzer, he wants to, he's picking a fight with Andor. Um, so like you mentioned, Andor, he's there. He's asking about his sister. He's asking about a woman from Canary. Um, but uh, the only woman by that description uh, left several months ago, according to this hostess. Um, when he's, when he persists and, and the hostess uh, asks, like, who is this woman to you? And uh, he explains that he's, that's when he reveals it's his sister. Um, and that's when the hostess gets serious and says that she disappeared and, and advises him to do the same. Uh, so when she asks uh, her name, uh, when he asks uh, about about his sister's name uh, to the hostess, she says that nobody gives their real name around here. Um, so he leaves, he walks to the street, and then those two guards, those two angry guards uh, come in, 
uh, and they uh, they ask for his ID. He's ignoring them. Then Drezzer raises his blaster and raises his hands. The guard, uh, you know, he quips about abusing their power, and then uh, Andor he lets the guard search him, uh, but then he fights back, and then you know during the scuffle he he shoots one of the guards and and he and kills him. Uh, it wasn't his intention, but he kills him. And uh, uh, the other guard, realizing this, is like begging and pleading with Andor, like, you know, uh, you know, don't kill me. I, uh, you know, we'll cover this up. This was an accident. And uh, despite his pleas, uh, Andor shoots him point blank right in the head. Um, so, yeah, that's a lot to take in in that first scene. So, uh, <laughs> um yeah, Robert, what did you think? I mean, I was our introduction to Andor in Rogue One was also of him shooting somebody basically without provocation. And so we kind of get that same introduction here. And it's um in this case, it's interesting that the guy is just cowering before him. And he's clearly trying to figure out how to survive this situation. And Andor, we realize, we don't know at that point, but we know that he is not willing to get caught by the uh, by anyone associated with the Empire. So, so yeah, we see him firing to protect himself in that sense. And, and yet, I don't know, it's, Andor has always been a, a Han Solo type of character. He starts by being uh, someone who is, who is always looking out for himself, but then he learns to help others. So this is, this is a really good start to an anti-hero story. And Brandon? Yeah, I, 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 I absolutely agree. I think that, um uh seeing this um and then later on you know we'll see unlike rogue one there are like consequences for for his actions in doing this but um he uh it's yeah it's i i, I totally agree that you nailed it with that it's just the the beginning of a of a we know how it ends and so this is what would be like you know the prequel introduction to our character so um we going into this show we know he dies a hero and has that that full transformation so it's it's really interesting to see the um where he's coming from uh to start and um yeah so yeah i don't i mean i don't have much to add to that i i think uh, i think that was a good point robert you know it's it's we're kind of starting off the sort of the same way we start off in rogue one um we're getting reintroduced to to cassian in this way uh, knowing that he's, I think, yeah, anti-hero is, is you know, the, the perfect way to describe him. Because, uh, you know, if we didn't know the the events of Rogue One and how that ends, you know, we think Cassian is just, <laughs> you know, a, a villain, yeah. basically. Yeah. The, uh, you know, even though uh, he might, you know, even though he's like vehemently against the Empire, doesn't mean you can't be a bad person. You know, so um, I think that's uh, uh, we it's good for the audience. You know, if they're watching the show and they maybe forgot they saw Rogue One a long time ago and forgot or 
or they maybe they didn't see haven't seen Rogue One and they're just going through this blind. It's good for the it's good for the audience to to be introduced to him that way. Um so in these in these episodes we're also getting flashbacks. Um mm-hmm. and, and the first one we see uh his sister um uh Carrie with uh with all the alpha children uh, they they watch this this starship crash uh into the mountains. Um uh it, it it we get a look, first look at you know what their what their life was like um we get we get a look at the you know the people and the and the setting and um like we see like right away the the like Cassian and his sister have have lived a life of hardship you know for for a very long time since their childhood um so I think the show does a good job of I think the flashbacks do a good job of establishing that and and giving us sort of a, a history um. A history lesson into uh you know why are they in this place that they're in and why why do they act the way that they do um uh that that eventually leads someone like Cassian to uh you know working with the working the with the rebellion um uh so we get we get we get a we get a flashback like that then we flash back to the present we meet uh you know uh, Cassian's uh, little robot buddy. He calls him B, but his his, his full name is B two E M O, B two emo. He's sort of an emo droid. Uh, he's he's a little emotional. Um, I wouldn't call him full emo though. But yeah, we, he calls him B B two. Um, so he he's bugging Andor. He's like, where where were you? And Andor is like refusing to, to tell him, and uh, you know. B tells tells him like you know a bunch of guys are looking for him and uh, uh and, and 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 Cassie basically is like hey can you lie for me <laughs> do you have an, <laughs> and it's either it was kind of funny it's like you know the the droid like needs he's like do you have enough power to lie you know it's like he needs <laughs> some awesome. extra yeah he's like yes I've I've uh, I have some reserves that I could use to lie <laughs> um. Uh, it, obviously you can tell that, that he, he requests him to lie a lot. Um, uh, and or later goes into town. He meets, uh, he meets Brasso outside of, uh, outside of his workplace and he tells him to lie too. So, you know, a bunch of people are looking for Andor. he owes a bunch of people money. Uh, it's not a surprise, obviously, like, there's not there's we don't get really specifics as to like like everyone he owes money to or why he owes them money. You just know this is the type of guy that's like always on the run and always uh, fending, trying to fend for himself. And mm-hmm. and, you know, that it, uh, it involves him lying and, and uh, you know, squeezing people out of money um, and uh, always trying to get away. So I, I think um, uh, establishing that that sort of relationship with all these these people he 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 associates himself with and he runs into um it just it 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 really shows us what type what what kind of place Cassian is and uh, what place he is in life to where he he's how desperate he is uh to try and uh to try and get ahead and 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 at the same time fight back you know fight the power uh so to speak um uh so yeah what are you guys thoughts on uh, on that 
my initial thought is I love B. B is like a yes. really fun droid to look at. Like just the the like the the way they they built it is so it it's it's really interesting. The way it kind of like is like an accordion kind of look and like the the head oh, kind of yeah. can move up and yeah, down. It's like a cake. It's got different tiers. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the way he spins inside. <laughs> the way he spins yeah. inside. Yes, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So that's my. He's he's already my favorite character in the show. So I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone's gonna top him for me. And I like how he can talk too. He kind of almost looks like a. Uh, kind of almost looks like a like an R two D two type droid, a little different. But um, it's interesting to see a droid like that talk. Uh, so, um, and kind of have its own personality that's separate from other droids and i think that's something that star wars does so well is give those droids like their own individual personalities i, I really don't see too many droids that are exactly the same um so uh yeah big big fan of b robert yeah i i was interested in how how they built out how andor seems to have this really tight social network that he's got all of these friends who have been willing to stick their necks out for him in the past. And all of them seem to be like at the end of the rope. And it's like, okay, I've given you time. I've given you money. I've given you like all the trust that I can manage. And, and you've just squandered it all. Mm -hmm. And, and so Andor is out of resources, even though he's a, a very socially connected guy. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and it, yeah, he's he's someone that's like, I think you you really you made a good point. He's someone that's really resourceful, um, but at the same time, you know, it's he doesn't have time to, or the, you know, not, not to. Uh, uh, he's resourceful, but he also doesn't have the resources, you know. So he's he, that's a good way of putting he, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he doesn't have the time to establish himself uh and it's not just time it's he he's he's also not in a position being you know having to hide his identity um uh and 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 what comes along with that like it it it, it does a good job of showing like how he's not just someone who is ba- like bamboozling people and 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 just trying to get by like he has he has a he, he has a mission. It's not defined yet. You know, obviously this is a, that's a big part of this show and, and what we're sort of going to uh, grow toward. But uh, I think they balance that sort of desperation and uh, his like street smarts and uh, and like bits of, you know, flashes of his heroism. I, I think we're already seeing it. And, and I think it, I think the show does a good job of establishing that. Um, so soon after that, we meet uh, our our antagonist. Uh, he's this pre-more deputy inspector, uh, Cyril Karn. And then uh, just, just to kind of, for time's sake, not to get into uh, the specifics, like basically what happens, his boss tells him to cover up the murders uh cover up the the murder of the two guards uh basically so he doesn't have to explain it to uh the the uh the imperial regional command and uh so that they can look they they keep looks like their crime rates are down and and all that and that they died heroes uh but 
you know, he's a stickler. <laughs> he's a, <laughs> Cyril's a stickler. Uh, and uh, he is just on a manhunt. Uh, so we kind of, in these first three episodes, and then um, obviously going forward, uh, he's basically our main antagonist. And he's on a manhunt. He needs to find out who this uh, who this guy is and hunt him down. Um, basically, a power a power move. Um, uh, yeah. So, what did you guys think of Cyril? So, did either of you guys get like uh, the actor really reminded me of Kyle MacLachlan? So, I was getting like Agent Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, but. Crossed with like uh, uh, Inspector Javert from Les Mis in mm-hmm. in terms of his character, I yeah. I just I he might be my favorite character so far. Yeah. I, he's just like I don't know. I love a a well a well motivated flawed villain. Mm-hmm. He's committed. He's committed. Yeah, I think it's it's funny to see that. Just like going, he's like I I got to figure it out. This is this is. Yeah, I, I I think that that part is is fun. I, I agree with you. I love those kind of villains that like they just they just need answers. So it's uh it's um it's fun and the and where they where they take them from there is is a lot of fun as well. So yeah, big fan. I'm excited to see see what happens with. It. Yeah, I love his character. I mean, he could easily be just an annoying, you know, like mm-hmm. hey, uh, uh, you know, I'm gonna do this for the uh, the empire, or, or I'm just gonna do this to to look good um so i could get promoted you know yeah that is like part of it for him but like he uh as we as we see him more throughout the you know by the end of episode three like i agree he's like he's his performance is really mm-hmm. really really good and and he's it's he's more complete he's bringing more to the table than just like this you know like by the book you know i i will stop at nothing to get uh, you know, the enemy sort of guy. Because um, mm-hmm. he could have easily fell into that trap uh, yeah. as we've seen in, in a lot of movies and a lot of other shows. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I was really impressed uh, by his character and, and yeah, however long he he's the, I mean, I'm sure there'll be multiple antagonists. So they're, they're planning multiple seasons for the show, but mm. ho- however long we uh, we stay with him. Um, I think I think we're in for for a, a good ride. Um, he feels like a, an already more fleshed out Hux from, uh, you know. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I feel like I already I feel like he's already has more motivation than Hux in in this show in the first couple episodes. Of it. So it's a uh, it's interesting to see. Um, but yeah, great character. Really, I, really I, fun. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, yeah, so we. Uh, we meet Cyril, and then we also meet uh, Bix Kayleen. Uh, she she owns a salvage yard. She's a mechanic, uh, uh, and we see right away an obvious uh, friend uh, and someone who Cassian trusts um, to a point, at least. Um, so he visits her at her garage, and she notices that uh, you know he's he notices his injury from from. Uh, his scuffle with the the guards and uh again we're seeing Cassian in, in his in sort of desperation mode and he's like mm-hmm. he needs he needs to sell uh something immediately uh 
And, uh, you know, she gives him the whole spiel like, Hey, you know how I operate. He's like, I need this now. Uh, and, uh, so she's very reluctant. Um, but you know, Cassian is determined and, and convinces her, um, because she sees like he's, he's in a rough spot, like rougher than usual. Um, uh, we meet, uh, Tim Carlo, uh, uh, who is, uh, uh, Bix's boyfriend, lover, whatever is kind of weird, <laughs> the relationship <laughs> <laughs> employee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah an employee at the <laughs> same time. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was very, yeah, it, it, it's more complicated than, than just a, uh, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend situation, but, mm-hmm. um, we meet him. Uh, and, uh, you know, Andor can see that, I guess, I guess this was his first time realizing that they were a thing. Um, so then he asked him if he knows anything about, uh, clandestine work. Um, but then Bix reassures him that, that, that he knows nothing. Um, so he, he, that was just his way of like, Hey, okay, how much does this guy know? Um, but, uh, he he talks to uh, Cassian talks to Tim about, um, you know, finding a, a life partner. And then we get a flashback of, uh, Andor and his tribe participating in an initiation ceremony, which involves like painting black stripes on their faces. And, um, uh, we get, and then we jump to Cyril, uh, again, and he's, ta- he's tasking a signals officer with tracking Andor's ship. um, and uh, he notices something on the screen and he basically is like, yeah, you need to let's find out more about this, this ship here. Uh, and if you want to keep your job, basically threatening him. Um, and uh, we, we jump back to Bix. She tells uh, Tim that she's going to run some errands. I mean, she tends to do that a lot. As, <laughs> and, you know, Tim obviously uh, is suspicious, curious. Uh, she, you know, he follows her through the streets, um, sees that she, she visits a dealer, uh, telling him that she's, you know, looking for a Bendine mesh tech filter. Gosh, these, these oh, names. Of course so, you need that. They, yeah, of course. Yeah. He, t- he tells her that it's in, uh, the yellow racks in the back and she heads to the garage, climbs up a ladder, and then she taps into the circuit box. She um, never goes for the Bendine mesh tech filter no like, no <laughs> you would think she would right that's a I very mean, she important she part like, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i mean yeah this is this this is basically you know we 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 get to meet bix so we, we we meet tim we see their relationship um and we see that tim is a little you know at least curious and interested in, in what's really going on with bix um uh, which obviously plays into uh, later circumstances uh, in the other episodes, but um, yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' uh, quick thoughts on uh, on Bix and Tim, and um, uh, you know these these first uh, few scenes that we uh, we see them in. I mean, Tim is clearly the model of jealousy. In, mm-hmm. I mean. You see it in episode one. It, it really develops in the next couple of episodes. And um, I, it's a simple role, but he played it well. And and I just 
really believed it as his as his motivation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can definitely tell he's it's yeah, it's yeah, he's yeah, very, very quiet character could also be jealous because he's the first character named Tim in Star Wars. He's got two normal names, Tim <laughs> Carlo. Um, uh, so, you know, maybe, Never maybe trust a guy with two first names. Yeah, he doesn't have, like, the, the cool Star Wars name. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that's what I'm just kidding. But the, uh, but yeah, it's um interesting. I like, I like how they show they, that's and how they, I, I really like that's how they, that's how they show the dynamic between the three of them is like, Cassian and Bix have their own thing, and then like this guy's kind of on the outside, and we don't know much about him. We don't know much about Bix either, but since we already know um, Cassian, it feels like she's a little more familiar, and then he feel really feels like he's on the outside. But you can feel that that jealousy. So, uh, yeah, yeah, simple, but it's a. Uh, it, I I think it was a really interesting way to uh, start it off. Yeah. At first, I thought Bix was Andor's sister. And I'd, um, it took mm. a little while to, to, to figure out, oh no, no, she's like an ex lover or something. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, she's one of these, um, super competent people though. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you can see yeah. why everyone's attracted to her. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she's, yeah, she's very attractive, but she's, uh, yeah, she's, she knows She's very resourceful in her own in her own right. She obviously has this connection to Cassian, um, and uh, yeah, the jealousy is very, very, very apparent um, mm -hmm. on screen. And uh, I think it, it's a good, you know, as we get into the events of episode two and three, um, this sort of really sets the, uh, sets it up sets sets Tim's character up well for for how he for some of the decisions that he makes, um, in the next, uh, couple episodes. Um, so the first episode ends, uh, we, we, we go back to Cyril and, and he's, you know, he's, he's asking his, uh, analysts if they, they got any leads on any Canary males. Um, and, uh, the, I mean, just the planet Canary itself, they don't have much information about it. Uh, the, the most recent census dating, they have, uh, dates back to just six years ago, and but you know Cyril's determined. That's an eternity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> six years. Um, yeah, I mean, he's determined. Still, I mean, he's he he. Obviously, we know he's motivated. He's he's he will stop at nothing to to find uh, Cassian. Um, so he issues an order for Canary uh, human men on Ferrex to be questioned. Um, so. Back on Ferrix, uh, we uh, we meet Pegla, this bearded guy. He meets with Andor uh, on his uh, on his transport, and he asks Andor, "What what is he doing?" You know, and he tells him that uh, that he's you know in the office, and and Andor tells him that he he has refueled the ship, and but he notices that Andor has swapped the ship's chip logs. Uh, Zorbi, his boss, uh, speaks over the. Uh, the uh, overhead projectors and asks Pegla to explain what's going on. Uh, he says the yard rats are back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zorby tells him to deal with a customer and, and to set the hounds on the rats. And, um, uh, and or asks if he could borrow the ship, but you know, Pegla is, he's unwilling to, to get involved. Um, 
he tells Andor to finish his work and and don't come back. Uh, uh, so then we end with a flashback. We we see a young uh, Cassian with his tribe, and they're gathering supplies uh, from that fallen ship that we saw in the beginning in the first flashback. Uh, and his sister, uh, she wants to come, but she's too young. And and Andor promises that that he'll return. Um, so that's how we wrap up the the first episode. So, um, yeah, what did you think? What did you think of how it ended and um, uh, just overall, like wrapping up your thoughts on this first episode of, of Andor? I think the way that it ended was um, uh, I thought that was it was cool to, to see the flashback. I, I've been enjoying the flashbacks to see like what kind of what has 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 pushed him to be this way, because it's a, like we said, it's a. We we get him in Rogue One at a very different place, uh, still similar characteristics, but very different. Um, and I think that's something that almost threw me off. I wasn't expecting him to be this kind of character in the at the beginning of the show. I thought he would still have some. He almost seems like he doesn't have redeemable uh, uh, characteristics to him. Um, mm-hmm. But, we you know, we we know who he he becomes. Uh, so it was There's a very uh, limited number of people he cares about. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um so yeah, I I I you know, I think that that end kind of shows uh you know that he's needs to try and like make some decisions for himself, you know, like what kind of person is he going to be, you know, see um so uh yeah, I overall that that the 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 whole show is um that that this pilot episode of it has uh I've I've really liked the scale of it overall. I think that it really does some cool Star Wars building. Um as far as like what everything looks like, I really feel like I can like go in there and touch everything. Um um like just I'm big on the visuals. So the visuals for the show have been like incredible. Um and uh yeah, they yeah, I think that that those that's that's my my take on the uh the first episode really. Yeah, I agree. The visuals the visuals are are gorgeous and mm. and the performances are great mm. by the way it's i mean all all of the actors are fantastic um i guess i'm i'm just left with i mean the survival mode motive is really good for andor but it started with him looking for his sister and then he never mentions his sister again um we get it in the flashbacks, mm-hmm. but we don't, he never seems to have an impulse to, I've got to do something to make sure I don't lose track of my sister. Um, it's all, I might get caught. I need to run. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's part of the care character that they're uh, establishing with him. But Yeah. I'm hoping he gets more redeemable. Um, I'm hoping he he shows that he really does care about somebody besides himself. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think we'll definitely get there. I mean, how many seasons or episodes it takes, uh, that's to be determined. But. um, Yeah, we definitely have to revisit this sister situation in the present. Uh, that's for sure. Um, uh, and I think his sort of. I mean, my guess or or what my prediction would be, 
we're really we're really going to see more of uh, of his uh positive traits and 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 heroic qualities uh, as he gets more and more involved with the rebellion and um you know if that's something that's going to that they're going to stretch out uh for a long period of time or is he going to just be like uh this guy who just borders on being well not just borders on being a criminal i mean he is a criminal uh <laughs> he is literally a criminal on the run um uh you know that's yet to be determined but i think you know i, I would assume that that we'll we'll start seeing that sooner rather than later because again we know how the story ends we know he dies a hero um uh but it'll be interesting to see if uh you know th- this world that they're opening up it, it it also allows for other characters that we haven't met yet or or maybe characters we've met briefly like um in in solo maybe or or other characters that we met in, in Rogue One uh uh to 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 appear on this show and to flesh them out as well so i think i think andor is is Obviously, Cassian is is the the lead and and the focal point of the story, um, but I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of space for other characters to be introduced um, and to sort of expand the the Star Wars universe. Um, so, getting into the second episode, um, uh, we Cassian uh, visits with uh, Marva Andor. Uh, we haven't talked about her yet. She's she's basically his adoptive mother, um, and uh, you know after he visits with her and and you know tells her like he has this facial injury from he tripped on a cable uh, while helping helping uh, Pegla and uh, you know doing his BS routine. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know Marva is like B two. Can you please tell Cassian? <laughs> you know what what you told me earlier and and that's when b2 uh you know reveals uh the the uh pre-more authorities uh order and search uh, for a canary male um and i was like listen no one should know that you're born in canary right you haven't told anyone that um and then uh he he's you know he's like struggling to answer and then she's like okay uh, you're probably in a lot of trouble now because if anyone knows that you were uh, that you're Canari, then obviously you're screwed. Um, so you know Marva d- chides him, and you know for for spilling his secrets, uh, you know to his lovers, and 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 demands to know that that you know how how did they learn of his origins, and and he admits that. He finally admits that it was it was him, um, and uh, but and that's when B two uh, inform B uh, informs Andor that Bix has been trying to contact him, um, and uh, but before he can tell him the the droid powers down, uh, and then when Marva asks Cassian, like, "What did you do?" He's like, "I I messed up," <laughs> in his words. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then he meets, uh, he, he leaves, he meets up with Bix, tells her about what happened. Um, and, uh, that's when he offers to sell her like his prized possession. This, he has this piece of technology that, 
uh, you know, uh, that he'll give her and, and in return for, for, for help to, to escape, to, to leave, uh, go off worlds. Um, and, uh, she says, okay, the buyer is going to come tomorrow. And, uh, Tim is watching. <laughs> Tim is always watching. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just a few thoughts on, uh, on Marva, um, and, uh, this, uh, this this whole scene here uh where he's obviously learning about this search um and uh again him being in an even more desperate uh, situation that he was already in yeah marvel Marv reveals marvelous. a lot <laughs> yeah, <Marv> was, yeah. <laughs> i like that <laughs> yeah she reveals a lot more dirt about cassian right in the beginning she really starts like you know talking about more uh uh you know more more women that he's that he's been yep. with and Mm-hmm. you know revealing that he's like he just he lies a lot he's you know she really but she's she kind of she catches him in that stuff too so it's um it's uh yeah i think she's a she's also another you know another cool fun character that um is in there it's it's funny to see a somebody that he's like he can't really get around almost <laughs> very much a mother figure mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah, totally. And yeah, again, like you mentioned, uh, uh, Robert, the performances are great. And, and the mm-hmm. actress who plays Marva, I don't have her name in front of me right now, but she does. She's really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, I echo everything you guys said. Um, but moving along, we, we, you know, Tim sees this and, uh, you know, he has... He has some drinks. He heads to uh, to a communication terminal, and he he's uh, he sees that. Uh, well, we see several uh, ana- pre-more analysts. They receive a tip call from Tim, uh, and based on the call, the team checks on Cassian's records, and they see all his crimes. You know, destroying imperial property, assaulting an imperial officer. You know, uh, and, and Cyril seeing all this and he's just like grinning. He's like, oh, this is the guy like, <laughs> you know, he's, it's like slowly being revealed to him. Like, oh, this, oh, this has to be the guy is this guy, you know, from Canary. Um, uh, so, you know, they bring up his image and and uh, and we see the hostess from the brothel come in. So all the pieces are coming together. Um, uh and we see later. It's actually the, good police work. I mean, <laughs> the guy's doing the conducting a good investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, he has a guy on the inside now. Um, uh, so we see Tim. Uh, Bix comes to see him. Uh, you know, has trouble sleeping and notices the lights on, and uh, you know, then Bix starts seducing Tim. Uh, in this moment, again, we're in a very adult world now in <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not, this is not like Game of Thrones or HBO level type, you know, uh, scenes that we're talking about, but like, this is, you know, for Star Wars, it's, it's, it's more than we've ever seen. And, and, uh, definitely on a Disney live action show, a Disney plus live action series, uh, or in any mm-hmm. of the, the theatrical releases, um, 
So there's that scene. Very obvious what's what's going on. Uh, we see Carr and he's visited by Sergeant Linus Mosk, uh, who was reported for duty uh, at midnight. Uh, he tells him to act quickly because they have a dangerous sub, uh, suspect. Um, and they're discussing this this operation, you know, uh, this this search for for Cassian and and Mostek said they'll need, you know, 12, 12 men and uh, and they invite him they uh they invites Karn to join the operation to to boost morale. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that two, works so well. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the, you you could tell. Yeah, they were really they really got the motivation they needed. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they all, they agreed they need to avenge the death of their colleagues. Um, cause this is what it's all about. Right. Uh, so, um, uh, Musk describes the corporate tactical forces as the galactic empire's first line of defense <laughs> and emphasizes the need to mount a show of strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Uh, we we meet this other guy who's also very, I mean, very motivated, very uh, a company man, basically, <laughs> uh, who uh, is like just, uh, I mean, obviously someone that is going to be loyal and and will fight, you know, to the bitter end, uh, <laughs> because you know, if you believe you are the Galactic Empire's first line of defense, like the, <laughs> that, just tells you right away what. <laughs> who we're dealing with so uh so yeah what what did you guys think of mosque and uh um uh this uh, and, and also what do you guys think of you know we're seeing more of tim's involvement in this case i mean mosque's mo is to sort of escalate everything that he touches and so i love how he takes uh karn's enthusiasm and his his loyalty to his comrades and kicks it up a notch and and uh he's clearly he's clearly got some experience doing this yeah um yeah i uh i agree they must have great benefits or something going on there because it's just uh, (laughs) these guys these guys love their work man um uh yeah and i think the um you know, learning a little bit more about, about Tim, um, Tim and, and Bix is, uh, uh, it's, it's interesting. Cause I think it, it just kind of shows, uh, again, it, it keeps adding to what we were saying about, about Tim and his, his jealousy. And he's, uh, he, it, it's certainly, they're certainly showing that, that, that Tim has some, uh, he's got something that he's dealing with, you know, where, uh, you know, it, it shows him, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's drinking a lot. He keeps showing up to different places like that. It's, um, uh, and his, his need to his, uh, his jealousy is, um, uh, being like really being shown in this, these, uh, these scenes is, uh, it's very, um, yeah, it shows that he, he's got a little more inside of his character than, than what we've, we've seen so far. And there's, there's probably a reason, reason for why he is, uh, uh, acting these ways. So. Definitely, yeah. And we see, as we see later in the episode, you know, we there's that guy who was in the beginning too that was beating that metal slab with the hammer. It was kind of like the the bells. That was that. That That was was really cool. cool. That was great. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, there's no way that was sufficient ear protection for him, but no, not, but it was so awesome. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Like, yeah, like that's Star Wars wants to have some noise canceling technology. We don't have. Yeah. Yet. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, he, we see him beat this metal slab uh, uh, again. Um, and uh, Bix wakes up. Uh, Tim is just sitting there <laughs> creepily. <laughs> uh, he couldn't sleep. Right. Um, and uh, is, and you know, like this has to be like the, the least creative name for a caffeinated drink in Star Wars. Oh, yes, it's like, yes, yes. It's like, can yeah. I get some calf? Can I get like, some calf? They, they couldn't just say coffee or they could have <laughs> said, they couldn't say caffeine. They just went with calf. I you think calf has been mentioned in in some other Star Wars material before. Maybe a, maybe a book or or something. I've definitely I think I've heard it in Star Wars. It's definitely uh, made a lot of appearances. Yeah. And so yeah, if yeah. if you if you look it up on Wikipedia, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah. It's been in the books. Uh, it's been on uh, I guess some some episodes of Rebels. I th- it looks like okay. Um. So yeah, it's uh, again like this was my. This was my first time realizing, you know, what, like what calf is or what it was or, or, mm-hmm. or giving it any attention. I'm like, yeah. that's just so lazy. Like, just, you could just say, <laughs> hey, like, can I get some coffee? <laughs> well, apparently like coffee and calf have both appeared in the star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And so they're supposed to be different beverages. Oh, and uh, I'm not sure what the difference is, but, but on the next episode calf is more I, popular than coffee. We'll yeah. do a whole episode. We'll do a deep dive on calf uh, on a later later episode. We totally should. <laughs> yeah, um, but I noticed yeah, a few I'm, little I'm things like that too, like things that are like normal everyday things that have been mentioned in Star Wars or in Star Wars as well. Like um, in that one scene, there's a guy eating out of like the almost looks like a Chinese takeout container. <laughs> like eating right. lunch, yes. And I was like. Okay, all right. They got takeout in Star Wars now. It's it makes sense. We're seeing more of like the everyday lives of these people. Um, so uh, stuff like that. I, I I think it's it's really fun. Um, just fun details that are like, oh, it's not yeah. it's not that much different. It's a long time ago, but <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not, not that, that far much. away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. So Tim offers her this, you know, calf. Uh, you know, when, when she wakes up and, um, you know, she tells him again, like, I got to run some errands. Can you open up the yard for me? Uh, so it's like, again, Tim knows there's something else going on. Um, and uh, we uh, we see that, you know, it's this is not going to like this sort of shtick is not going to last long uh, for for Bix or 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 Cassian in that case. Um, uh, we see Andor. He he's he's chatting with B, and and uh, uh, he's looking for some comms. And uh, you know, B is like being nosy. He's like, "Why do you need comms?" Uh, he he asks about like uh, uh, where's Marva's credits that you know Andor stole, <laughs> obviously because he he's he's obviously taking money to to try and get away. Um, but he tells you know, he tells B like, "Hey, we don't want anyone else finding her money, right?" So. Um, he, the droid agrees. He agrees. Uh, he, he does try to advise Andor for running away, but Andor says that, uh, he should return 
less Marvel worry about his whereabouts. So uh, asking him to, uh, to, to lie again and, and to, to, to not, he doesn't need to know basically uh, where he's going. Um, we, uh, Andorra goes to meet with, uh, Zanwan. Zanwan, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he's, uh, funny character. I mean, uh, he's arguing with an alien customer when he's greeting him, uh, <laughs> uh, named Granick. Um, uh, basically he meets up with him so he could, uh, you know, get tr- travel out of there, uh, to, to uh, Tassar, he's like, "How much is it going to cost to to get me there?" But you know, on really short notice and and basically full secrecy, like no one needs to know that I'm on on this ship. Um, they settle on a price, seven hundred credits, um, and then we we jump to a uh, pre more security starship uh, going through hyperspace, and uh, we. We we see Mosk again. He's he's briefing the troops about Andor. He's uh, warning them that he's dangerous. Uh, he divides the 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 task force into three teams. Um, so with him and him and Karn leading the West team, uh, so they have a plan to ambush him uh, with a pincer movement. Um, and uh, you know Moss warns him that there some of the locals might not be cooperative and, and to remind them about a monthly territorial forum to raise their complaints. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're like, we're getting a lot of great, like, like stuff. Uh, you, you know, first of all, again, with this sort of, t- this task force, you know, and, and someone like mosque believing that he's, that they're the empire's first line of defense. Like we're seeing like, uh, the the little people you know on this show and and, and how they how they operate the little people uh, you know in the empire and then the little people that are uh soon to be you know part of the rebellion little people that are just trying to survive um so we see people like this who 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 uh, you know uh, on in one instant you know can seem very like powerful and and threatening and smart you know, but, but, but then we see like sort of that veil come off as like, they are just a little guy, you know, that, but they're trying to, you know, work their way up or, or just put on a, uh, put on an appearance that they're really important or, you know, they were, or, I mean, in the case of mosque, it's obviously that he was brainwashed, you know, by the empire, um, to, to, to feel that, or to have, to have the sense of like importance, that he's doing something, you know, that's, that's making a difference. Um, obviously that's, that's a tactic that, that works in real life <laughs> that works, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that we've seen the empire do before. Uh, we've seen other characters like him take their job way too seriously. Um, and think that they have worth. Um, and for some people, like they'll think they're the most important guy in the room. And then, you know, after one meeting with someone like Darth Vader just snaps their neck in an instant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, if you're someone like Snoke, you just get, you know, your head chopped off. Uh, uh, so gosh, where was I? So he tell, he tells them uh, again, 
this whole thing about taking pride in their team. There's no easier route to success and justice. I just love Karn's speech about that, where he's trying to like where Moss tells Karn like uh, to Cyril to talk to the team. <laughs> and, and, he, and he's he's obviously like making this all up as he goes along. He's like, <laughs> yeah. There's and the force clap at the end was was great. Um, yeah. Uh, I was getting very um sort of Vietnam vibes from, mm. from that, you know, like the, the inexperienced officer, you know, the officer who's coming out of school and knows a lot, but doesn't have any like on the ground experience and doesn't know how to connect with the troops. And, and especially, you know, getting into episode three, um, you know, with the, the guerrilla tactics that, that go on there. But also thinking back to to Rogue One, which had a lot of sort of Vietnam allusions with the the jungle setting and the the uh, and so on. And I wonder how deliberate or conscious conscious that was um, on their part. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's um, I would I, w- I would imagine like just a show like this. I'm sure they took a lot of just in general, and we'll probably see more of it, a lot of inspiration from like war history in general. Uh, yeah. And um, because that's, you know, the writers of the show, if they're, if they're going to uh, portray wartime uh, in Star Wars universe, that's, that's sort of the uh, inspiration and, and the context that they, ha- you know, can derive from uh, as far as like real, real world experience. Um, and to ground a show like this, obviously this is a show that's very, very, uh, grounded. It's not really about the, the spectacle as like the theatrical movies are, um, or, or, you know, even a show like, like Mandalorian, like, yeah, it's, it's grounded in, in some senses, but it's still a lot about the spectacle, you know, it's Mm -hmm. still, you know, we're not going to get, I would assume, you know, we're not going to get like that Luke Skywalker, cameo you know in this sort of show or these big sweeping uh you know starships blasting at each other uh you know this is a very like boots on the ground wartime uh sort of show so i think um yeah i I would i would i would totally buy into uh um that sort of notion that that they're 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 taking from real real uh war wartime stories and experiences uh, uh in in american history and then you know the global history oh yeah uh, mm-hmm. uh the the second episode ends we uh we see a rile uh <clears throat> he's on a hover bus and uh this passenger is getting chatty with him um you know basically complaining about all the fees all the docking fees um, he's complaining about the spaceport authorities and, um, oh, I used to be able to travel freely on the planet when I was younger, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Raul's like mostly ignoring him and just sort of nodding and, uh, uh, but there's that line that the episode ends with, uh, where he tells Raul is like, if, if, if you can't, if you can't find it here. It's not worth finding. And then we see that the shot of the hover bus, uh, you know, landing on uh, about to land on Ferrix. So we're about to see 
this, you know, how, uh, you know, Raul and Cassian meet. Um, so uh, as this episode wraps up, uh, any general thoughts on uh, on that um, and uh, and the whole, uh, you know, the Cyril, the, the Cyril motivating his troops uh, <laughs> up until the end of this episode. Any any thoughts on that? <laughs> I think for a show that has such a uh, such a it has like a very tense overall feel to it. So uh, sometimes like the like that's that's the one thing that I've really started to pick up on in in episode two is that like everything just feels tense. Um, And Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes I think like there's like it's fun like when we talk back about certain moments in it, it's like oh yeah these were these were like funny comedic moments, but like sort of in the in the show it almost doesn't play off as as a comedic moment but like yeah i'm still like laughing about it but there's some there's just an overall tense um uh there's just this overall tension going on throughout the show that's uh yeah that's just a you kind of feel the oppression of Mm -hmm. the empire in a way that in a in a way that i haven't anyway in any Mm -hmm. other star wars show or or movie the the guy who was talking to rail, I forget his name, but, um, you know, he said he was trying to spark up conversation and he goes, you know, I understand you don't want to talk. You never know who you're talking to. And, and that was a really telling line. I thought, Oh, absolutely. Um, and was that the first, was that, that has to be one of the first fedoras we've seen in star Wars. Right. Could be. Uh, that is a Could great, be. great yeah. observation. I, yeah. I can't tell you. Uh, if, uh, yeah, I can't think of it. That that, that might have been the first fedora. Um, now we just need a bullwhip somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that that'll be the crossover of the millennium. <laughs> um, uh, so episode three, uh, we see uh, Ryle. Uh, meet up with Bix and they're talking about this whole Cassian situation and, and uh, you know, Raul has a lot of questions about um, like, well, do they have his, do they know his name? Do they know like, uh, you know, all his records say he's from Fest um, and you know, they, uh, has he been, you know, I, Bix, you know, says like not many people know so that he's been identified. So, uh, Raul like realizes, okay, they have to act fast. Um, so they, uh, she tells him like, yeah, he's, uh, Cassian's in the building nine on the East lot or whatever. And, uh, says like, he'll be there. Um, and then we meet up with, uh, we're we're back on the 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 Morlana starship. Um, it exits hyperspace, and we see uh, uh, three mobile tac pods carrying law enforcement personnel, led by uh, Deputy Inspector Cyril Karn and Sergeant Linus Mosk. Uh, and we see B two racing through the streets of Ferrix. Um, uh, we get a flashback with uh, with Marva and her husband, uh, Clem, Clem Andor, uh, and uh, they're on a mission to their salvaging equipment uh, from that wrecked starship, uh, and they only have 
like a 20 minute. They only have 20 minutes because there's it's very radioactive. Uh, and the, the conditions around the, the starship uh, and, and on the planet. Um, and Marva believes that there are six brand new fuel nodules in the ship. Plum thinks they should leave, but Marva wants to investigate uh, this banging sound that she hears. And uh, they um, uh, they find uh, they f- uh, they find a young canary boy wrecking equipment and, and screens in the engine room. And uh, uh, you know, Clem, Clem says that he likes the boy's spirit, um, but warns that he might not want to be here when they come to clean up. So. Um, Cassian does not understand <laughs> Clem and, and Marva uh, so he waves his staff at them um, and uh, uh, B2 warns that a Repub- Republic uh, free gay is approaching um, Marva attempts to communicate with, with Cassian uh, and then Clem warns that they have nine minutes before the Republic starship arrives um, so to save him uh Marva gets B2 to bring a, a drowser. Uh, and Clem points out that the boys' people are on the planet. And uh, Marva counters that and says that the tribe have already killed a Republic officer and that the Republic would retaliate when the frigate lands. So Marva stuns Cassian with her drowser. Uh, we get back to the present, and uh, uh, Karn and Moss tack pods approach the Ferrix settlement and land outside the scrapyard. West team joins North team. Workers believe the corporate soldiers are hunting for someone. Karn and his uh, forces enter the streets of Perix from different sides. Um, so we're seeing their sort of uh, strategy here. Uh, a team enters Marva's home uh, and uh, tells her that they have a warrant for Cassian Andor. Uh, they restrain her and, and uh, they restrain her and then they enter the house. and then. We cut to Bix. Uh, she go. She goes back to Tim's office and asks why all this stuff's piled up in the alley. And you know, Tim says he forgot. Uh, uh, and then we get back to Marva. She chastises Karn and his troops for searching her home. She Karn replies that she can stop the search by helping them find Andor. Uh, so Mosk arrives with B two. Karn orders his troops to pull the droid's power supply. Uh, to force to try and force uh, the droids' cooperation, Marva protests, but Karn orders one of his soldiers to silence her. Cassian contacts B two by comlink, sensing something's not right. So he cryptically tells B two and Marva that he's sorry and to make sure that she keeps the heat. Uh, while a soldier attempts to track Cassian's signal, Karn and his troops notice a crowd gathering outside Marva's home. Karn calls East Team for reinforcements and assigns some of his men with guarding Marva and B2. Uh, so, yeah. What are your thoughts on, um, you know, that up to this point uh, in this third episode? Um, we, we, we get to meet Clem. Uh, we get to see... Uh, we're seeing Marva being, you know, apprehended and questioned and uh, we got to see this sort of flashback to Marva and 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 Clem's encounter with uh, with Cassian. Uh, so, uh, what did you think of these uh, first few scenes so far? We didn't actually talk much about the flashbacks in episode two, and 
And we saw a lot of Andor's character in the way he was following the the troop of of I guess the tribe, the 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 residents of the planet. Um but he he wasn't very good at following orders even then. And um when the leader gets killed, he kinda hangs back instead of like going back to the camp with everyone else. And he starts this episode by entering into the crashed ship. And um, there's this really interesting moment where he sees himself reflected in some of the control panels or something. And um, his reaction is to start smashing it. He wants to smash the reflection and smash all the equipment. And that's what draws Marva and Clem. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting, I don't know, character moment um, that even at that young age, there was something, I don't know, just full of wrath and anger and rage in, in him. And uh, I, I thought that was really interesting and and how that um i guess i'm looking forward to seeing how how marva kind of uh tempers that for him i don't know yeah i i agree i think that um uh i i really i was really drawn to that moment as well where he started just just smashing stuff right as soon as he saw his face he was just he, he lost it um a couple of things came to my mind are that one, like this could be the first time he's like really seeing a clear ref reflection of his face. Um, mm -hmm. and then I think the, uh, the other one could be, um, that he sees himself and he sees just that something that he really doesn't like within himself. Um, and he just, just brings him to that point of, of rage and, um, you know, and it could have been what, with the event that had just happened where, uh, they had sent, um, they had sent that, that young girl down there to go investigate and then she ends up getting killed. Um, and then they, they all let loose by shooting darts at the guy. Um, and, uh, that was kind of a, a fun scene, but also a sad scene. Um, uh, and so I think that that kind of, um, it really, it's a, it's a good character note for him is showing him that like, this is this time to maybe step up. I need to be, maybe I'm not fulfilled in not being a leader, you know, or being, I don't like the way that I, that I am being. So it's a, I, I really liked that. Like just cinematically, I thought that was a really fun, or I, I just thought that was a very, uh, just important, important part. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad like you're, you're pointing out again, these flashbacks were, you know, sometimes when we get flashbacks in a, in a show, they're not always that effective. Like sometimes they can just feel like, okay, can we just get on to the the main story? You know, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, on this show, I think we're we're getting you know a, a lot of it's necessary. I mean, it's it's we're obviously seeing uh, Cassian's uh, ties to um, his you know adopted mother Marva and 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 Clem, uh, and uh, but also we're seeing yeah like how uh like we mentioned uh, near the top of the episode you know 
where what his childhood is like and 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 how that's formed him you know uh into the man that he is now uh so yeah i think these flashback scenes are are very welcome and and very uh necessary and and i think are 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 serving a really good purpose um uh getting back to the to the episode we uh you know Raul uh meets andor um and uh at at the abandoned warehouse and uh andor tells him that he plans to sell an intact starpath unit for 40,000 credits you know because he claims it can track imperial coordinates for 9 parsecs um so Andor's like, okay, pay me. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, Raul's like, okay, hold on. I got to try it. Um, uh, and he questions him. He, You know, Raul is like, uh, how did you obtain it? Um, are you an Imperial spy? Uh, are you... Uh, are you just like a middleman for for someone else who's actually selling it? Or are you telling the truth or are you are you genuine um and or just wants to get paid he reiterates you know like his demand for payment up front and uh but Raul's not you know not letting him slide and uh uh he's like this star path unit is far too valuable uh um uh because uh, Raul says like he he uh He's aware that Endor uh, bribed quartermasters b- before they scrap, uh, and uh, but he 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 tells him this is way too valuable for that. And again, he asks him, "How do you how did you obtain this this star path and uh, this star path unit?" And he said he stole it himself. And he's like, "Well, how the heck did you do that?" And he's like, "They have tight security," but Andor is like, "Nope." He's like, all you need is a uniform. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you impersonate him. He's like, they are so full of themselves and they're so complacent and they're, they're so arrogant that, that, you know, it's really that easy. You know, they, they think they're untouchable. It's like, I just had to grab a uniform and impersonate a, a an Imperial officer. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> they are arrogant. <laughs> yeah. He sees like, okay, the genuine, the, that he's genuine, like in that, in that moment. And, um, so, uh, he, you know, Andor is like, he wants to count the, the money, but you know, he, uh, you know, Raul, t- he, he tells him about the cost of, of resisting the empire. And, and he, you know, he mentions that he's aware that, um, Andor's adoptive father, Clem was, was hung uh by the empire um and uh you know Raul and you know he invites andor to to join him and 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 he asks andor uh, you know to ask he asks at gunpoint how 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 does he know so much about him like andor's like how do you know so much about me and and uh you know Raul wants to talk to him but warns that you know, these forces are on their way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're, you kill two security officers. They're, they're coming. And, and he tells him, you know, Ralph says he sees, he's like, I see potential in you. Um, but you know, Andor is still like, now he's like, who the heck are you? <laughs> All right. Um, uh, but then Raul is like, is like, we don't have a lot of time. Okay. 
Um, and, you know, Cassian asks him like, wh- why, you know, he asks, he asks hypothetically, why would I choose to go with you? And, and Ryle says, it's for the opportunity of fight. It's for the opportunity to fight back. Um, we go uh, back to the streets. We see um, uh, s- several residents, uh, Salman, Wilmon, Brasso. They're banging objects to intimidate, you know, the the corpos. And and uh, the there are several businesses that are closed down. Um, and uh, we we see that you know they're really ravaged. They're everyone's bracing themselves for this. Um, and uh, you know, Cassian is still demanding to know who, who Ryle is. And then he asks him whether he's a spy. And Ryle says, you know, special people are hard to find and, and that he came to save him from the pyre. And then Ryle asks him, Ryle asks Andor to trust him. And he crushes Andor's comlink, warning him never to carry anything he cannot control. Um, so that's when they sense moving around the warehouse and they realize that they're surrounded. Um, so what do you guys think of, uh, this, this interaction between Cassian and, um, and, and Ryle? Yeah, I think that it, uh, it was, uh, it was like almost like awkward because they were, they were, they, they both like Cassian didn't know anything about this guy, but this guy obviously knew, like he like did his research on Cassian. Um, so this guy, I don't, this guy's not here for this, this little box that he's got. Um, this guy's here to, to take Cassian with him. So I think it was kind of, um, it's almost like, it's it's just interesting to watch the more, like the more he questions him and stuff. And he's got that cool kind of older, uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say he kind of reminds me of, uh, Woody Harrelson's character from, from, uh, solo, but a little, like a little more toned back mm-hmm. than that. He's kind of just, he seems like, you know, he's not a guy you want to mess with. And they, they really introduce that with like his epic introduction, like sequence that he has where he like goes and stands on like the, the little, uh, the little pile of, of dirt or whatever it is. Um, uh, but, um, their initial interaction is, is good. And so I, uh, you really see that, that passion that, 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 uh, Cassian has, um, and, uh, yeah, he's it's 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 I think it's the first time we really see kind of a a a little bit of a a little bit of a switch, a little bit more of like a like he's he's got something else inside of him there. So I I, I like that a lot. Yeah. This was my favorite my my favorite part of the three episodes was in this warehouse. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, I agree. It might be my favorite too. It's uh, I mean, again, two brilliant actors. Mm-hmm. Um that are just uh you know score sizing each other up you know yep. it's it's really it's really a cool scene uh where they can just you know uh, chew, chew it up um uh so you know back on the streets you know they're they're surrounded they uh um there's a gun battle and there's all sorts of falling objects they have to dodge you know it's a lot of the the soldiers are wounded and and because all this stuff like there's falling chains and all these different random objects um and uh but Cassian wants to uh retrieve this this star path box um 
And uh, Raul tells him, like, don't do it, but he does it anyway. Raul ends up saving him. He shoots this, you know, a soldier uh, that that tried to gun down Cassian, and uh, they escape. Uh, but, you know, Cassian could not uh, retrieve the box, but, you know, the, Raul's like, it's more important that we got out of here. <laughs> you know, like, like you mentioned, like, mm-hmm. we're not here for this box. Uh, so he... Um, uh, we uh we we see Tim confronting the the soldiers um uh and he tries to help Bix but he gets shot <laughs> shot dead um and I think we uh, I th- I th- we failed to mention I think there was a scene before this where Bix realizes that Tim is the traitor. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. So that happened. I don't think we have to like go into the deals of that scene, but uh, right during during that that interaction between Cassian and um and Ryle, uh, there's a scene with uh, Tim and Bix where Bix realizes that 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 Tim is is has betrayed Cassian. Um. And. Well, he ends up dead, right? You know, but and you know, still, I mean, Bix uh, still had feelings for him, so she does. She, she's really saddened by by this, um, and uh, uh, you know, Bix does end up getting restrained by an officer uh, right before Tim gets shot. Um, uh, we see Karn and Mosk. They they learn from you know the the one surviving member of the of the uh, you know the the East team that that Cassian and 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 Raul are, are approaching their direction. Um, so a, a trooper enters the shop, uh, prompting three aliens to to get out. And uh, Marva notices that the two corporate troopers guarding her are they're 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 a little nervous by by all the the clanging sounds and <laughs> you know they're mm-hmm. like oh man okay we're not ready for this like there there's <laughs> like like it's about to hit the fan right now like uh uh one of the soldiers you know tells marva to shut up uh and uh marva says that when it stops they will they will want to fret so one of the soldiers asks what will happen and um Andor and Ryle encounter the, the 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 fleeing aliens, um, while corporate tactical forces converge around the town center. Andor ambushes a corporate trooper and forces him to surrender his comlink, which he destroys. Andor demands to know how many troops there are, while Ryle urges him to kill the man. The trooper reports that there are twelve men and two officers. Elsewhere, the corporate soldier who shot Tim returns to his mobile tack pod and attempts to fly the ship away. However, the ship has been tied to a large piece of wreckage, which causes the ship to lose control and crash. While Andor and Ryle search for charges, a corporate trooper finds his comrade, whom Andor has gagged and bound. They appear to escape in a blue lance speeder. Corporate soldiers shoot the stolen speeder, causing it to crash. However, they quickly discover it was a decoy with Andor and Ryle escaping on a speeder bike. <laughs> Ryle sets the wrecked speeder to explode. Mosk uh, attempts to contact their comrades uh, on the North team, while Karn attends to the wounded and dead comrades. 
As Andor flees with Ryle on a speeder bike, a tearful Marva experiences a flashback of her and Clem carrying their adoptive son Cassian from the wrecked Separatist starship on Canari. B2 looks up to her with uh, his sensors flashing sadly. Salman and Wilmon free a grieving Bix while Brasso drinks sadly. As Andor and Ryle fly over fields, a shell-shocked Karn is roused by Sergeant Moss, who tells him they need to leave. While the young Cassian meets his adoptive parents in the cockpit in the past, Andor leaves with Ryle on his starship. And that is the end of episode three. Um, so, yeah, what did you guys think of uh, the whole gun battle and, you know, all uh, everything that ensued? Uh, we obviously get uh, Tim's death and we we get to see another flashback. Um, and we see Ryle and Cassian, uh, you know, escape, uh, and see what sort of adventures they get into, uh, starting next week. So yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, you guys are the filmmakers, but Mm -hmm. to, to my eyes, this was some of the most amazing action I've seen in a while. And, and especially the gunfight inside the warehouse with all of those pieces of machinery flying around and oh that was incredible that, that was, was astounding to me so good it was phenomenal yes <laughs> absolutely the i have a lot of questions going forward though i mean like there's there's all this sense of why uh rail wants to meet andor and take andor with him but I don't know why, like, what is it that he sees in Andor? What is it that he's interested in? What makes Andor a special person for him? And, and I'm really interested in finding out why that is. I agree. I, 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 that, that was one of the the main questions that I had as well was as while I was watching it, I was like, what, I mean, other than like, he knows that he's committed a couple of crimes. Maybe is that what he's looking for? I mean, uh, he, he doesn't seem like, the greatest mentor for him possibly, <laughs> you know, he seems like he's, uh, uh, probably, uh, wants to maybe use him if he's a guy who's, you know, okay with just killing people. Um, so I am a little worried about Cassian going forward. Um, uh, and what kind of moral decisions he'll be making. Um, but at the same time, he had that, that, uh, or had that great line, where he says he's like always make your exits he's like always put your exits when you get like before you get there or yeah yeah and that was a that was a fun line um uh yeah so that was that was i like that a lot but i totally agree with you that 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 scene was was so good um there's been so many good moments like that from the the banging on the big metal thing to mm-hmm. then showing everybody else banging on little metal things throughout it throughout the um throughout the city you know and the kind of parallel in this in this place where everybody has like a part in what they're doing and everybody kind of um uh is is working together in that way is um i thought that was really interesting and i i i'm a, I'm a sucker for stuff like that where it's like just all these different things going and then everything comes crashing down and it's yeah so good so fun yeah the 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 way that they achieved, I mean, there's so many, I mean, there's so many different ways you can go about, you know, shooting a, an action scene and, and 
obviously with when you're working on a Star Wars project and you have, you know, a massive budget, um, it's really up to the, you know, the filmmakers and the talent that you've hired to, you know, we've seen a million, you know, we've seen a million different gunfights and, and a million different ways. And, and we've obviously seen it done numerous ways in, in Star Wars, uh, live action and animation. So to see something that's, uh, a scene like that that's done in such a unique and creative way um that that uses you know obviously some of the most cutting edge uh, filmmaking uh it, it's really cool to see and um like a, a show like like andor it's very obvious you can tell um they 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 didn't use like the the volume as much as they did like uh, on a show like Mandalorian or 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 Obi Wan, um, like right, like I immediately like f- from the trailers, I like it, it already. I can already tell it looks better than Obi Wan did. Oh yeah, um, and hmm. um, just just from a uh, cinema cinematography aesthetic standpoint, um, but uh, you know, I th- and you know, again, I think Obi Wan had like some the, some of the misfortunes of of you know, being a, uh, a, a COVID production, you know, so dealing with some setbacks there. And obviously we we've gone into like some of the stories about the rewrites and, and all that, that show had to go through, but, um, and, or already, I mean, at least for me is, is setting itself up to be, uh, like, uh, a, a sup- already a superior show, I think to Obi-Wan, but like just in general, I think it's, it's, uh, it has the potential to to be up there as, with something like like Mandalorian, um, and uh, I think that again, like you mentioned, there are still a lot of questions as to where we, where do we go from here, and and uh, you know, in these first three episodes, like there's very little like story, so to speak. I mean, we get like mm-hmm. uh, these set pieces. Um, it's more establishing these characters and, and how these characters have have met. And now that they've met, you know, where are they going? But I think the, to, to establish like the tone and uh, the sort of, again, the, what the aesthetic of the show is going to be and uh, what the, the sort of places they're willing to go. I think, I think it really sets itself up for uh, some very unique and interesting uh, Star Wars stories, uh, and, um, that are obviously not Jedi focused, um, that are not like, uh, that are again, dealing with like the, the little guy. And then, and, and we're not, I mean, when I, we're not, this is not a show about like the legacy characters or we're not going to get again, a lot of these cameos or whatever. Um, you know, if we do, if we do get introduced to characters we've seen before, they're going to be most likely characters from, you know, Rogue One or maybe even Solo or uh, characters from, you know, Star Wars lore that are not like the standouts. Um, but I guess we're also obviously going to Saw supposed to appear. I believe so. I, I I I don't know if it's I don't know if that was confirmed, Brandon. You, I don't know if you know this, but. I don't know if it's, it was like officially confirmed that he's going to be on the show, but I, I know it's heavily rumored that he's on the show. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't, but I don't know if it's official. 
But I would be surprised if he wasn't on the show. I'd love to see it. I mean, I would love to see what, where that character goes from where we last see him in Rebels to where he is at in Rogue One. Because, mm-hmm. like, like visually, he looks different than than uh, <laughs> than in the show. Like, not just because he's a cartoon and then he's a uh, he's not just he's animated and then he's real, but like like he, physically, he looks different. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like personality wise, he's. He's on a way, I mean, he was always kind of a, a little more radical, but he's on like a much different um, uh, end when we see him in Rogue One. So I, as a character, I would love to to see return in this show um, to get a little more of uh, of how he gets to where he is. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, as you said, the kind of conspicuous by its absence is the Force. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's mentioned even once. Um, I haven't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it wasn't. Oh, I was going to say, I haven't heard it at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is to to my mind, the force is one of the things that makes star Wars unique among sci-fi properties out there. And, and uh, so I'm curious whether and how like in rogue one, you kind of saw the, the religious side of the force. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. more than the Jedi side or the, the, the powerful side of the force. But yeah, I'm wondering what we'll see going forward. Yeah. That I, that's, I, I really like that, that take in, um, in rogue one as well with, uh, mm-hmm. it Donnie Yen's character, right? Who's, uh, yeah. He says that I'm, the, uh, what does he say? I'm one with the force and the forces with me. Right. Is that his line that he keeps saying? Yeah. 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 It's it's a very um yeah, I want it's a good question. Right now we're not seeing people that believe in much, so <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's a very secular Star Wars. Yeah. In that sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um yeah, and, and uh, yeah, it's an interesting it's again it's a it's an interesting uh perspective to see because like even like like someone like that character who 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 is like just believes fully in in the force and uh that it will be their saving grace in the end you know we're we're seeing people that like have never even you know encountered you know a jedi or you know maybe have heard like mythological stories or or what might be myths to them but this is not Mm -hmm. something that it's not something that's on the daily mind of uh of like a cassian um uh, you know, uh, or, or, or just anyone who's trying to, the, again, the, the, the little guy who's just trying to make it and, and, and pose a fight against the empire. Uh, you know, they're just trying to do what they can within their means, um, to, to make a difference. So again, I think that's what makes this show potentially very, uh, very special. Um, and, something that can stand out uh in its own way. Um but yeah, that's to be determined, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see uh next week we'll have episode 4 and uh we'll definitely be here to cover it. Um any uh any final thoughts uh before we uh start to wrap up? I know we went on longer than usual, but you know, it's it, three episodes we had to cover, so uh <laughs> I think I think we did it's a um, lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of ground to cover. Uh again, I you know, it'll be uh we'll get we'll 
it'll be easier with the one one episode a week uh, going forward. But uh, any final thoughts before uh, we wrap this thing up? I'm just really interested in the moral questions they're raising. You know, mm-hmm. what's what's good, what's bad, what's heroic, what's uh, what's villainous. They're mm-hmm. they're painting a very complex moral universe here. Yeah, I I, I agree on that. I I think that's a uh... Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a lot. Yeah, they're building up a lot to to be redeemed. So I think that uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the show so far as as far as uh morality um, is concerned. So I I agree. I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I and again, I hope I hope they don't like there there like I mentioned there. I thought there was a good balance in these three episodes of mm-hmm. uh you know, teasing the, the, the heroism that's to come, you know, the, the sort of heroic traits, mm-hmm. uh, but also showing like how dire it is and, and like where, you know, the, the sort of like literal hell he has, he, he's like trying to, you know, going through that he's going through, uh, to, uh, to fight this fight. Um, so I, I again, because we know the ending, I hope that, uh, we get to see more different. We get to see different perspectives. See some like introduce to, to cool characters and maybe revisit like other characters. Obviously, like Saw Gerrera, maybe some someone like like Enfys Ness from from Solo. Oh, uh, I think w- would fit in as well. And 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 Saw could be like the the sort of bridge between you know the, those two characters. Um uh emphasis and the the cloud riders right um so i think they would you know they would fit into the show and it would be cool to see you know more of what they're about um so yeah i'm excited uh, i'm excited i think uh uh we're i think it's it's established up pretty quickly um i guess, i mean it's been pretty critically acclaimed so far i think most very positive reviews across the board for the show. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's well-deserved. So, um, looking forward to, uh, to watching it, uh, again next week. Um, uh, and before we really end this episode, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons, uh, who make it possible for us to create secrets of star Wars, including Jody H, Julie M, Tony S, uh, SB writing and Barbara G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give and be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secret of Star Wars and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash star wars you can email us at star wars at sqpn.com or follow starquest on social media at facebook.com slash starquest media or on twitter at sqpn or you can join our discord community at sqpn.com slash discord we'll be back next week with another uh, episode covering uh, episode four of uh, andor um, so until then uh, robert king Thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Thanks for having me. And Brandon Manderson, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. Very excited about this. 
Of course. And once again, I'm Andrew Hermes. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy, The Secrets of Middle-Earth. Find it wherever you can find podcasts or at sqpn.com slash Middle-Earth.